again. Can't wait to get on the road again. Ooh, I love making music with my friends. I can't wait to get on the road again. On the road again. Going places that I've never been. Seeing things that I may never see again. I can't wait to get on the road again. Well, we're on the road again. Yeah. You know, that was the uh, most listened to podcast that we've uh, put out there so far? yet. So far. It's like got 63 downloads. I know that's not much like <laughs> in podcast world, but 63 is pretty good for our first yeah. podcast. Yeah. So... Hey, welcome to the Court of Three podcast. We are on the road again, as if you can't tell. And we actually have a about a two-hour trip over to the other side of Mayretta. That's how you say it in Georgia. If you are not from Georgia and you look at it, it's pronounced Marietta. But we're going to Mayretta. And Lisa's moving her hands again. We're going for a basketball tournament. She's moving her hands again. She's hurrying me up. She's like, get on with it. Okay. I'm not him hauling around. I had a story about on the road again, though. Yes, you did have a story about on the road again. Yes. So, this goes back to my childhood. And my sister Christy, we would always want to guess, you know, what we were getting for Christmas or, you know, asking our parents, please tell us, please tell us, tell us one thing that we're going to get for Christmas. One thing that would be under the tree. And my dad was really good at this game. And I remember one year he had us stumped and it was like a riddle, which I like anyway. And he said, what I'm giving you can fill up a room, but you can hold it in your hand. Huh. And we were like, what? And I remember Chrissy and I, she would sometimes get in my bed and sleep with me. Um, we would just lay there and imagine what in the world could this be? Like some kind of fold up something that expands or blows up or like what in the world would this be? that could fill a whole room. He said a whole room of our house, but yet we could hold it in our hand. So you know what it was? It was a record. Oh. Christy Christy got the record of Willie Nelson on the road again. That was one of her favorite songs at the time, and I don't remember what I got. That's it. a pretty good riddle. And it was the small records. Do you remember? The, yeah. yeah. You had the large you had the, LPs. And the, yeah, the big one. That was the yeah. 30, 35. I don't even remember. It's been so long ago. But she got a record, and we were like, <gasps> when she opened it, Daddy was like, it'll fill the room, but you can fit it in your hand. And we're like, what? I oh wonder how goodness. much that vinyl is worth today. Oh, I don't know. But I remember it had an orange label. Mm-hmm. Good old Willie, Willie Nelson. Nelson. Mm-hmm. Good old Willie Nelson. We grew up, though, listening to country with Willie Whalen and the boys. Yeah, so for our friends that have listened, actually, you know, I was also looking at the analytics. Yes, of, you like doing that. I do like doing that. 
So out of the 200 plus downloads, total downloads, did you know that we've had one person or one download mm -hmm. from Fr France? Wow. There's been like five in India. Hmm. Uh, there's been some in Finland. And the majority of everybody else is in the U.S. That's cool. Yes. Friends pretty, all over the world. We got friends all over the world. Actually, we do. And so as we uh, go, I do have a confession. Oh, please. This will be good. I do have a confession. You need to get something off your chest? I do. Um, I broke a window. I broke our bedroom window today. I thought I heard something. Yeah. I had this golf club company sent me mm. some golf clubs to try out. And I've been uh, wanting to get over to the driving range to go see it. And then I just had a wild hair this afternoon. It was really, really nice outside. And I was like, I'm going to just go outside and just get some old golf balls. And I'm going to go hit some into the back of the property. And uh, so I've got these three trying out golf clubs. And I went back there, started hitting one. I was like, man, that felt really good. Hit it pretty good. Then I hit it one time uh, a little bit too good. Hit a tree. And it ricocheted between our house and the Sanchez's house. It ricocheted so hard in the air that it flew all the way to their driveway, hit the driveway, bounced, bounced, bounced into the street, and rolled down the street toward the end of the cul-de-sac. Wait. Then. Wait, wait, wait. I was so, like. No, hold on. Yeah. You mean you saw that happen and you continued to hit your golf balls? Yes, I did. I'm, I'm also having this overwhelming sense of deja vu from many years ago when you actually hit a golf ball and it ricocheted and hit me and I felt like I'd been shot in the leg. I, yeah. I don't, wow. I'm sorry. No, I just, it well, baffles I me quit. how you watched that I, happen. Well, I should have quit. I should have quit because I thought to myself, yeah. oh crap, yeah. I'm so glad that yeah. nobody was parked. I'm so glad that none of the yeah. kids were outside. A neighbor's car windshield. And oh my goodness! I, I'm and They're then I was kids. like, ah, oh. I was like, man, that was. Oh, but, let me but, hit one more. I was like, but it was feeling so good. I was like, I need to yeah. hit the other clubs. Well, oh my! So I goodness. started hitting the other clubs. I hit the. There's a three wood and a five wood, and then there's the seven wood. Well, Did you I hit, hit the, the fire pit? I heard something. <laughs> I hit yeah. it a couple. I of times. heard that gong. So. I hit the three wood pretty good. That's the ball. That was the club that caused the ball to go ricocheting between the houses. And then I was like, man, that felt good. So I'm going to go to the five wood. So I went to the five wood, hit the five wood, hit the five wood pretty good. It didn't really, I, I didn't have any, it didn't cause any damage with the five wood. So I was like, oh, well, I'm going to try the seven. So I tried the seven. This time I put the balls on the ground. I didn't hit off the tee. I hit it off the ground. And, of course, I'm in the backyard. It's not like my backyard is a golf course. 
So it's and, like hitting And let's from, just clear, you're like right off of the patio. Yeah, I'm you're, right off the patio. You're only a few feet from our house. Yeah, I'm only a few feet from the house. You, you didn't go out. No, I didn't go out. Yeah. So I hit the seven and I topped it. I kind of sculled it. And it was more of a worm burner is really what it was. And, and it hit the wood pile. It hit the wood pile and it came bouncing back and then that's when it hit the fire pit and caused the gong that you heard. I heard that. Yep, you heard that. And then I was like, man, I gotta get this ball in the air. So I tried it again. Only problem was I got the ball in the air, but it was after I sculled it and it hit the wood pile again. Well I hit I hit the ball the or the ball hit the wood pile and the wood pile caused the ball to go flying back in the air, back towards our house. And it was like slow motion and I couldn't move. And you're just watching it. I'm just watching the ball. I mean, and it was like, it took forever. And the ball just kept floating, floating, floating. And I was like, it's gonna hit the window. And yep, it hit the window, hit the bedroom window. Thankfully, it only broke the outside pane, not the, not both. Broken's broken. I know. I got to replace it. Mm-hmm. You know, anyway, I'm not so sure about I'm, the golf clubs. I'm confessing. Yeah, I'm not sure about the golf clubs. The golf clubs are having to go back because I got to pay for the window now. Exactly. And I'm just thinking it, it really is not the fault of the golf clubs. It's No, I didn't hit it very well. It's the operator. Well, I should have gone to the driving range like mm-hmm. a wise person mm-hmm. would have done. Well. But anyway, sorry. All right. There's there's my confession for the day. Thank you. Yep. I forgive you. My B. Where are we going? What are we talking about today? What was your week like this week? This is your last week of school. It was before Christmas, and it was it it was just some sweet time with my students. Um, it was a little hectic. Um, the other teacher has been out, yep, um, with uh, a, a back injury, and so you know just subs coming in, but they would jump right in and do everything we ask them to do with a smile, but. Um, it was. It was a good week, and today was super sweet. I got to be with both classes, spending a little time giving our gift to them, and uh, lots of hugs, sweet, sweet gifts, very thoughtful gifts um, for the teachers. So it's nice to have a break, though. Did you walk away with some pretty cool gifts? Oh, they always um, bless us really well. Yeah. Gift cards and my favorite treats. Uh, I loved it. Opened it up. There's a gallon of Chick-fil-A sweet tea. You got a gallon of Chick-fil-A sweet tea? Yes. That's a good gift. I went ahead and opened it up at school and had some. Mm -hmm. That's a good gift. Yep. It was great. And then I got a wearable blanket, I guess. Is that like a Snuggie? It kind of is. But 
I mean, that way y'all don't steal it. Everybody else, well, not specifically gonna, Lizzie. I'm not gonna wear that. I, no, but Lizzie, take, I ain't you take steal my it. other blankets on the couch. I'm I always not want a, a blanket. I ain't so. about to put a wearable blanket well, on. Well, you want this one because it's a beautiful mint green color. Mm. And um, I'm definitely yes, not wearing that. I can't that. wait to wear it. Yes. No, I am. Uh uh. I am not doing that. But it was a good week. Well, good. I'm looking forward to a little time off, though, as well, to recharge, refresh. Yeah, I know you are. I know you are. So, uh, going back to the confession piece. Yeah. I was reading my Bible this morning. Yes. And there's a passage in there Mm -hmm. that I just want to remind you of, of what the Lord requires. Because it says there's it a question says, and it says, What does the what Lord, does the Lord require, require of us to, to act, act justly, justly love, mercy, love mercy, and walk humbly with yes. your God? That's yeah. one of my life verses. Yeah, so, yes, Micah. Yeah, so um, thank you for loving mercy <laughs> and being gracious to me. It's just a window, honey. It's just a window. It's just a window. And let's just learn a lesson from it. That's all. Yeah. And okay. I'm not sure I'm going to stand anywhere near you when you hit golf no. balls. No, would not anyway. be good. All right. Today, I think the topic of conversation is going to be coaching, right? Yep. Okay. Coaching is what is on the brain All right. for me right now. And uh, being around a lot of coaches. Yes. Having coaches. Having been coached as a student, student athlete, having good coaches, having bad coaches. Um, it's just something that's on my heart because I hear coaches talk about today's at student athlete. Yes. I hear coaches, um, uh, I know coaches that struggle uh, significantly um, with one, one, they struggle with each other because coaches have a big ego, can have big egos. Number one, um, but then they also deal with um, upset parents. They deal with yes. Uh, they deal with kids that are um, thinking they are entitled, you know, to be able to start. Each generation is different. Yes, yes. Not, yes. So there's a lot. There's a lot mm-hmm. of issues. Mm-hmm in coaching and, and now when I'm talking about coaching I know that the uh, the perspective is from an athletic standpoint but there is more to coaching than just coaching athletics and sure. so I'm looking at I'm thinking I wanting I'm wanting to really kind of process and think through this whole thing about coaching and so I've, I've got some questions I've got just some thoughts um, in in mind. Uh, so the first thing is, you know, you started coaching soccer without ever having played soccer. Yes. Um, you have coached middle school girls. Uh, you, you even got pulled into coaching a little basketball the other day. I did with my third grade girls. It was great. And... So my, my, here's my question. And I did volleyball. Yeah, you've done volleyball. Year. That's right. That's right. 
Um, what do you like about coaching and what do you dislike about coaching? Oh, okay. So our whole family is very much a sports family, very I would much. say. Yes. We enjoy playing sports. We enjoy watching sports, all of them, like, you know, or most of them anyway. Um, and our kids have always played things. We've always been involved um, and helped while they were playing. So I think that's just part of it is that I just love, I love competition and athletic competition, um, especially. I. Yeah, you're pretty competitive. Yes, that translates into other things too, I know. <laughs> Anything can be turned into a competition. Very much so. Like uh, the time you beat me at bowling. Oh, yes. The whole bowling alley stopped to watch that. That was awesome. Yeah. Um, so, just, I just, the love of competition and athletics. And, and two, that kind of goes with, I think, I mean, God gave us these bodies and, you know, He gives us abilities, some of us more talent maybe than others, but I still think that athletics and sports is a great way to keep your body in shape, to um, exercise, to um, a way to learn a lot of lessons too would be the other reason that I love coaching is just there's so many life applications that you can make in a, a coaching situation you can use them yeah. as teachable moments um, whether it's in the game out of a game at practice just so many things that translate from a sport to all of life mm-hmm. that we can teach athletes and I just love, I mean, I'm coaching girls. I just, I really do just love teenage girls. I I love middle school. A lot of people think middle schoolers are weird and they don't, you know, are like, I don't know how to relate to middle schools, but I really enjoy it. And just hearing from them and where they are and, and learning what interests they have and what struggles they have in life and just to come alongside them and do life with them mm-hmm. for a little bit. So that would be what I like. What I don't like, I don't like losing. And yeah, sometimes you lose. And there are lessons that we learn from that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't like losing. Um, I... You don't like bad calls. I was was trying to figure out a nice way because I'm so thankful that we do have refs. And I don't want to be a referee. I can't imagine how tough that job is. And they're human. They make mistakes. I would make mistakes in that job and way more than them. And anybody would because we're human. But um, sometimes they do get it wrong. And I want to point that out to them when they get it wrong so yeah I don't like either that calls. either you want to point it out or if when they're not looking hey, you hey, make hey, fun hey, of hey, them hey, and hey. Okay. stick your tongue out at them 
I've tried to refrain from that anymore. Sometimes it gets the best of me. I tried to be a good example. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Try to be a good yeah. example. It definitely gets the best of you. Bite my tongue. <laughs> um, I'll never forget. <laughs> I'll never forget. You <laughs> standing behind the ref. I mean, he's on, our, he's on our side. He's, he's right in front of our bench, and he's made a bad call. It's a horrible call, and you're ticked off, and you're so ticked off that when he turns around, you you put your hands, like, up in your thumbs and your ears, and you're, like, shaking your butt, and just, like, oh, my gosh. And had he turned around, you would not have gotten a yellow card. You would have gotten a red card for dissent. But I didn't. And you would have been kicked out of the game at a Christian school. You're the only one that's gotten a yellow card, I do believe. Hey. But how many have you gotten? Listen. Hey. How many? a few. I, 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 a few. I earn yeah, my yellow cards. Okay. Them. The old fuzz. I earn them. Yes, whatever. And I'm proud of my yellow card because uh, when I get a yellow card, I'm fighting for my team. It's because you're standing up for your team. I know. Fighting for my team. I know. And you've taught me that. And you got coaches got to fight for their teams. Yes. And if it gets you a penalty, it gets you a penalty. Okay, so what do you, you ask me, what do I like about coaching? What do you like about coaching or not like? Um, what do I like about coaching? Well, I think you've that, done it a lot longer than me. But, well, yeah, I have, I have, but um, man, there one it one it is um, coaches wind up spending more time with their players than a lot of times they do their own kids. Which, that is something that I don't like. Okay. But I I appreciate the sacrifice that coaches make. Yes. In doing so. And the opportunity to coach kids is a gift. Mm-hmm. That, and it, that's what I... I like most and value most about coaching student athletes is that the time that we have with them is short, but it is a gift. And it's a gift that we have been given to manage and to steward appropriately. And um, so... I like the fact that coaching is is just a, it's a gift. Uh, coaching is an opportunity to influence, to impact. I mean, if yes. if you hear people ask, "Hey, why is it that you coach?" Most people, most coaches say, "Because I want to impact lives. I want to change lives." Mm-hmm. And and they and it's usually true. can point to someone that did that for them. Exactly, it they go back. points back. Right. Yes, to a coach that... And sometimes that coach is a good coach. And or they, it could have been a bad... And right. it could have been a bad mistake. Yes. I'm not going to let that happen Either to somebody way. else. Either way, yes. Um, so, it is, a lot of times coaches will be like, it, it's a... I want to I want to change the life. I want to change people's lives. Mm-hmm. And that is a... That's a... That is a reality. 
I love what Billy Graham said, that one coach will impact more lives in one year than the average person will in a lifetime. Wow. And the opportunity for impact is really something that's immeasurable. It is, um, I I was talking with a coach this this week uh, who grown she's grown up in winder uh-huh. she's now uh coaching at winder and um her one of her biggest influences was was coach isaiah berry well coach berry would talk about how there's more to coaching than just the coaching piece yes that a lot of times these kids are looking at coaches as parental figures, mm-hmm. of, uh, mm-hmm. like father figures mm-hmm. or mother figures, uh, because they don't have them. Um, they don't have them at home. They right. they are dealing with broken homes and stuff yeah. that is just going on in their homes, and they. They've got to, have, and that coach provides that consistency mm-hmm. in in their life. It prov- that that coach provides that accountability and that love and that support, and right. um, and and even now that that coach I'm talking about now, she has a player on her on her team that a parent her parent recently passed away, wow. and now that coach. That coach is in a position to where she can offer um, support in in a, in a real life grieving situation, and and it goes beyond the it goes beyond the sidelines. It goes beyond yes. the basketball court. It goes beyond the the boundaries of any athletic competition. Um, and I, and that's and here's the other thing I like about sport. Sport provides a universal language. Mm. It creates this universal that I mean you think about around the world. Right, when we've gone on mission trips, sport you take communicates. A ball. Mm-hmm. Sports mm-hmm. communicates uh, across the across the board, across the world, wherever you go. Kids love to play. They love the joy. They love to have fun. And that's another thing I enjoy about sport is is that it's just fun. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's fun. There's joy. There's excitement. And there's... Um, Camaraderie. Yes. There's that competition. There's all of those things that, that, that people just enjoy doing and, and, and competing in and... So the joy, the love, the the camaraderie. Then, I mean, I mean, who doesn't love a good rivalry? You yeah. know, yeah. Rivalries, man. Those rivalries make you better. Mm-hmm. You can just throw throw out the um, the, the the history books on the win loss records and throw out the. Um, the record for that person. Oh, it doesn't matter it what does Duke and North matter. Carolina are ranked. No. You watch them play basketball, and it's going to be a dog-eat-dog. Yep. 
they bring out the best in each other. Because Duke wants to beat Carolina. Carolina wants to beat Duke. Um, And so those are some things that I I love Mm -hmm. about the coaching aspect of it, is watching kids really experience joy and satisfaction and success. Here's what I don't like about coaching. And that is um, that it's really easy to begin to focus on the win-loss column and then Mm -hmm. you begin to identify or or your identity is then determined by by how many wins you have or how many losses you have. Um, I hate that about coaching. Um, But if you're coaching and you're doing it professionally, the win-loss column is your scoreboard. And if you are not successful as a coach and you are, it doesn't matter how good of a man or a human being you are, you're going to get fired or you're not going to be coaching in in a role somewhere. But isn't that interesting that, right, their livelihood is basically hanging in the balance with teenagers? Oh, yeah. Teenagers. Oh, yeah. High school like, coaches I mean, and college coaches. you think college, yeah, college down. Their lives like, are young determined. people are based yes. on the success of 14, so, 15, 16, 17, 18. So then that leads me to the question you, you maybe alluded in the beginning. Is the athlete different these days? Uh, yes and no. I have, I, have, I have two thoughts about that. Okay. Um, and I'm going to go to the coach first. Mm-hmm. Coaches have had to make adjustments in terms of how they coach. Now, me growing up, and even today, in people that lead me, and, and, and whether if it's in within FCA or whether if it's in a, a relationship that I have with a coach who is coaching me, whether if it's nutrition or working out or leadership, whatever. If you start to cuss me out because something's not being done or I'm doing something incorrect, I'm going to shut down. I'm going to shut down. Mm -hmm. Um, I do not respond well when I am yelled at, put down, cussed at, you're not going to get my best. Mm-hmm. You want to get my best? Uh, you, in a very creative way, find a way to encourage me, and you're going to get my best. For example, in middle school, I was playing football for my um, middle school team in Conyers. My head football coach was Coach uh, Chafin. Um, and during the summer, during summer workout, summer, summer practice, um, the guy that was running fullback, the guy that was playing fullback at the time, um, he 
I don't know if it was grades or whatever, but he was not eligible to play football. Well, we were down a fullback. Well, the opportunity was there, and Coach Schaefer was like, hey, who wants it? I stood up. I was like, I'll take it. <laughs> and so Herschel Walker was my favorite <laughs> running back at the time. My number was 34. Oh. And – was I, was gonna to be. Be, I was going to be. I was going to be the running back. I was going to be the running back. Okay. So I earned the spot. Not only did I step in there, but I began to practice. They began to coach me, and I earned that spot and I earned the starting position in on that team. Our first game. Our first game. And I had basically two plays. That's all I had to worry about if I was gonna if I was gonna, gonna run the football. Get the ball, yes. Okay. It was either a okay. thirty. Uh, actually, it was four plays. It was either the fullback Left had a right. number. The uh-huh. fullback had a number. Fullback was number three. Mm-hmm. The next number that came after that, if it was like a thirty-two or a thirty-one, thirty-one was going to be to one side, one side of the yes. of the center. The thirty-two was going to be to the other side of the center. If it was a thirty-three or a thirty-four. Okay. That was going to be a little bit further out between okay. uh, between the tackles and the guards. And so they called my number. Mm-hmm. They called like a 34 dive. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a 34 dive straight up the middle is what it was. Well, our coaches had video cameras at that time. We didn't have huddle. Right. Never We didn't have huddle to upload and then post all over our yeah, social media and yeah. say, oh, look at me, Recruit Georgia, at yeah. Recruit Georgia. Let me do my reel. Let me, let me do my reel and all this stuff. No, uh-uh. No, what we did <laughs> is our coaches filmed us and then showed film in front of our whole team. Which was a VCR tape. Which was a VCR. VCR means video cassette recorder <laughs> for those of you young people that are. Uh, we do actually have some young people that listen, listen to this. Wow, okay. Yeah. VCR equals video cassette, cassette recorder. You have to stop and rewind and stop. Yeah, we actually had. Not remotes, but no, these were no. these were actually uh, light remotes, but they were wired remotes. We didn't have wireless remotes. No, nothing was wireless. So, anyway, they videoed this football game. This was my first football game. Uh-huh. Playing fullback. And you had your play. Had my play. They called my play. Uh-huh. Got the ball. Hit the line. What happened? I, nothing. <laughs> I got tackled. Like that. I mean... <laughs> Okay. It was awful. Okay. It was awful. I didn't get my number called again the rest of that game. Oh. All I had to do was block for the tailback. Okay. Which I was good at blocking. Okay. Yeah. I could. I knew my block. I had the vision. I knew where to go. I knew. I knew the plays. All that good stuff. So. I never got the ball again. At least I don't remember. Getting the ball again. But well, I remember, but I remember what happened on Monday. Oh, what? what Cause it was tell the truth Monday. Oh. We got in there and we got in the locker room. Our coaches had the video. Mm-hmm. They had the TV. Mm-hmm. We didn't have no flat screens. Oh no, I know it was the box. We had the big old the big, box. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it sits out two feet. Our from coach, the, wall. the first thing he did is he called me out. Oh. He I called, called your name. He called me out. Yes, he called my oh, name. Okay. And really? then, 
And not only did he play it, he rewound it and I then played it again. So that everybody really could watch see. It and make sure. So that everybody could see. Uh-huh. He said, he said, he said that I tiptoed. <laughs> to the tulips. No, no, no. No, he didn't go that far. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. He said I tiptoed. He, he used the word tiptoed. Like a ballet dancer. That's exactly what I thought. <laughs> wow. I'm wow. He just called wow. me a flipping ballerina. In tights? Yeah. How oh, y'all do wear those tight pants? Yeah. Wow. I was like, mm. no, sir. Okay. I, excuse my French, I was pissed. Mm-hmm. I was, I was flipping mad. So did that bring something else out in you the next? So, so, oh yeah, next game. Uh-huh. First of all, I had a great practice. Oh, great practice, good. great that's week, good. great week of practice, great week of practice. Good. Next game. He calls my number. Mmm. Second chance. 60 yards. Wow. Untouched. Honey. Touch down. Yes, that's awesome. No flags. No tiptoeing. Oh, no. I didn't tiptoe. <laughs> I hit that line like Ooh. I was going to, uh, I was charging hell with a squirt gun. <laughs> it. I was hitting it, and I did. I hit it, and boom, I was gone. I was off to the races. That's great. Breed love, speed, and all, which that ain't it's very fast. not fast if you know the breed But I scored, and I outran all them other little boys because I was going for that touchdown. Okay, so I asked you if the athlete is different. You're talking about coaches so, adjusting. Yes. Yes. So coming back. back, here's the deal. I believe that the player, Mm -hmm. because they are made in the image of God, Mm -hmm. it's not a matter of their sensitivity. It's a matter of how they're created. And coaches need to understand how a player ticks. Mm -hmm. And they can't treat all players the same same way. And if a if a coach has to has to get to a point to where um, they are screaming and yelling and cussing and that's what their MO is, you're going to shut kids down. I don't care if you're in the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, now in the 2020s, okay? People... Here's the thing about people. If you're breathing, you need encouragement. Yes. And that's what kids need. Yes. Kids need encouragement. And when kids get that level of encouragement from their coaches, it is life-changing. My coach didn't call me out to pick on me. My coach called me out to build me up. Right. But he built me up by showing me, Spencer, this is what was incorrect now let's go fix it but he didn't do it in an embarrassing way he did it in a manner that he knew what button it's a to push. little embarrassing oh yeah but I in, mean, in a good way but in a good balance. way yes in a good way yes. he didn't call me an idiot 
He right, did, demean he didn't, you. He, he didn't, didn't demean, demean me and crush your spirit. Did that's not crush where my I spirit. Have the and that's where yes. I think too many coaches yes. screw up. Is yes. they is they crush the spirit of the player. And then how can a player play for that? They don't. For someone that doesn't, they don't really feel like they believe in them. They don't. Mm-mm, they don't. You don't get their best. You, if you exactly. Get anything. Exactly. And the coaches, the coaches that that speak to the spirit of those kids Mm -hmm. they may not be the most talented in the in their team on their team and they may not be the most talented in the region that they play in but i will guarantee you this they will play their flipping hearts out Mm -hmm. and they will compete every single time Mm -hmm. every single minute that they're out there and so no, I don't think that the kids are different today on that side of the fence because of how they're created. I do yes. think they are different because they have our parents are different today. Yes. And the parents are driving the ship when it comes to pushing kids and and all this athletics and then they're Moving into in terms of the the type of sport that they're playing, that they're you know these kids are playing. Uh, they're no longer playing the rec ball leagues mm. because now you got the travel ball teams, you got the club sports, you got all these type of things. You got a lot of different coaches that are speaking into these kids mm-hmm. and telling them this is what you should do and this is what you got individual and they hover, coaching have other influence as well that i think yes. make them a little different with what we have to do as coaches yes. these days the the social media and the outside things that the, the social, kids deal with yes. home life situations so, are much different than maybe when we were yes, growing up i think all of on those on a greater scale all yep. of those influences that, yes it, it it affects it are affecting yes the effectiveness of the coach. Yes. That's a something that the coach has to battle. Yes. And manage. And like you said, adapt and and, yes. and and having to adapt to. That I believe is where things are a lot different. It's a challenge. Um and coaches are having to manage that tension. Yes. Um Especially in your very competitive environments, mm-hmm. um, really in all environments, really, quite truthfully, not just you know your. So it made me think of three things um, as far as coaching. Mm-hmm. That and this goes to what you were saying, I believe. Just they have to be motivators. Yes. But all the athletes don't fit in the same mold or box. And so you have to be creative in your motivating them mm-hmm. and, and reaching each one. Mm-hmm. Um, what you said, learning what makes the individuals tick. And many times in team sports, then, okay, how do I manage all of that and motivate all across the board for that. So I think they have to be motivators. Yes, they do. In the right way. I think they have to be um, just mentors. And that's where I think, you know, especially in this day and age with um, 
it's heavy stuff that kids deal with that you know we're mentoring them in decision making and like you said a lot of times we're we're coaches are filling a spot of a parent figure or you know um, a coach is an authority figure and so it's you know also teaching them that respect level yes that carries over into other things so um you're you're motivating you're mentoring and i think we model we should be models for our athletes yes modeling um our walk with christ modeling kindness um integrity yes character integrity is a big deal character and um health overall health and Mm -hmm. well-being nutrition plays into that so so many things those are those are the three things i think about when i think of coaching what should a coach do yeah motivating that's three m's modeling and mentoring Mm -hmm. three m's three m's of coaching you like that yeah that's pretty good lisa thanks and you, when you think of bad coaches, whether we've had them or they're in the news right now a lot, <laughs> yeah. um, you think and you think, yeah, they were a terrible decision maker. That was awful modeling for those young people. We just said, you know, their job hangs in the balance of these 20-year-olds and down. Yes. And they're watching you. A, a grown man or a grown woman make these decisions mm-hmm. with a family, with a wife, with, and you know, integrity. You're talking about that? Like, that's terrible. Yes. I, and I do believe the scripture says teachers, and I believe coaches fall under that, are held to a higher standard. Not that we are perfect. We are not perfect. We mess up. You told about me mocking, and I have to learn to hold my tongue with refs and things I don't like. But I'm trying to model the right things. And when I mess up, you know, that's, that's a great modeling lesson is to come back and say, guys, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I goofed. I should not have acted like that. Well, I, you should not have seen your coach do that. And we've both said that. Yeah. So there again, it's, it's in the walking it out with them. Yeah. Um, and I remember I, there was something that um, – I had to I had to sit down with an individual kid mm-hmm. soccer player yeah. when I was coaching yeah. varsity soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, something had taken place. I didn't like it. I felt it was I was personally offended. Mm-hmm. I took it personally, right, and lit into him, and it was uncalled for. I let my anger then and emotion and emotion rule your behavior yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. i I lacked patience and presence but you came back and made it right and then yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. but the damage was done i know the damage was done um and um Mm -hmm. anyway i just and 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 i don't want coaches to feel like this is something where i hope nobody feels like we're bashing Listen. Bashing. Coaches. No, it is a hard, hard job. This is. We have a heart for coaches. We pray for our coaches. We try to minister to 
coaches in our area. I love them. Um, yeah, we do. Some of my favorite people. Yes. To hang out with. Yes. Because they're real. They don't. Yeah. You know, and they got real feelings, and they and they got pain yes. that they deal with. And where, they carry it a lot of time for their players. It. Yeah. They. That's a lot. They, coaches. I have learned this. Coaches and pastors are very much alike. Yeah. Very much alike. Hmm. Um, it's kind of like that's their flock. They're. Athletes. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. It's their. That's yeah. their. Okay. That's their congregation. Mm. That's their people. That's, and when things are going great, mm-hmm. man, great. When mm. things are not going great, it's a struggle. It's a pain. It's people that are, and then you're dealing with the parents, and then you're dealing with the conflict. Yes, and dealing now that with can the, be a... dealing with the dissension and yes, and the and the complaints and. It's like, oh, and then it's like, here, you want to come coach? You want it? No, you they want just my job? tell you how to do it. No, but and that's the thing. But is thankfully, people, we don't do with that where we're coaching. So in our school, but yeah, I know people. We don't do. right now. No, I know people do. But it can easily happen. I know. It can easily happen. So, um, so. Uh, and I think really what we're getting to there is really coaching the heart behind the jersey. Yes. That's that's the target. Yes. Is how do you coach the heart behind the jersey um, and letting that be the focus. And I think that's really the question that I have, right, um, that I wanted us to really talk about mm-hmm. is what separates the good coaches from the not so good coaches. Yes. And I listed out some things um, that I believe separate the good ones from the not so good ones. Yeah. Yes. And uh, you want to read those real quick? Yeah. What, what I put down? Character, consistency, and communication. Yes. Mm-hmm. Character, consistency, and communication. Um, I believe those three things really begin to separate the good ones uh, from the not-so-good ones. It's not mm-hmm. just the win-loss column. Mm-hmm. And I know there are coaches that are going to be like, well, the win-loss column, that's that's what's most important. No, it's not. No, it isn't. Ain't, ain't nobody going to remember. Uh, I mean, I know some pretty successful coaches. I don't know their win-loss record. I don't even know how many state championships they've won. Don't know. Don't care. But I'll tell you this, those coaches that I do know that have been very successful in those environments, um, those coaches have high character. They communicate clearly, and they're consistent. They're consistent in what they say mm-hmm. and in who they are. It's that person of integrity. Well, and, and those things... The win-loss has no eternal significance, but yeah. yeah, your character lives on. Very much so. I mean, I think and eventually it, you're not going to be coaching. I think of Phil Jones. You know, just these. Yeah. Yes, it's it right. Eventually, the coaching comes to a an end, but the the true legacy you leave yeah. is. Yes, your character, how you stood for things, how you've been consistent in your 
walk in your life. Yeah, Phil Jones has been. And how you've communicated. He passed him. away almost a year ago this month. Yeah. And his influence still exists today. Oh, it will continue because that's what, when you have those things, that character, consistent communication, then that's, you're embedding that yeah. in these, now maybe not every single one you're going to reach, but you're going to reach some mm -hmm. and that's going to last. Mm -hmm. And even them, I mean, I don't know, Tyler might disagree. They're going to remember their games and probably most of their records, but they're not going to remember, you know, the whole um, time that that coach was at that school or whatever, right. his whole lifetime of his win-loss. But they're going to remember what he said to them, what he did yep. with them, what he did for them or yes. she. That's, that's what's going to last and make a kingdom impact because then that's, that's my hope that, you know, I'm being um, – a great coach for them and maybe one day they'll want to do the same right you know whether it's with their kids or um, in co their community or at their church or wherever and like you said coaching is not just in the athletic realm we 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 are coaches as we go through life yes um, I coach third graders yeah at school and um, and really to kind of maybe to tie a bow on this mm -hmm. is that everybody needs a coach. Yes. Everybody needs a coach. Mm -hmm. We all need to be coached. It doesn't matter how old we are. No. We all need people that coach us up. Mm -hmm. And we need to know how to coach. I love uh, what something that uh, Howard Hendricks, seminary professor, uh, had stated uh -huh. a long time ago that everybody needs to have a Paul, a Barnabas, and a Timothy. You need to have a Paul, a Barnabas, and a Timothy. Let me, I'll unpack that. So Paul being the kind of the father in the faith, mm -hmm. so to speak, mm -hmm. with... Uh, Timothy and other spiritual leaders in the early church. Barnabas, his name means the son of encouragement. Yes. The son of encourager. He was a part of that Sons of Thunder group that, you know, their their job was to encourage people. And we all need encouragement. We all need it. And we all need a Timothy. We need somebody we're investing in. Yes. We need somebody that we, and the experiences that we carry and the knowledge that we have, we need to be multiplying that into the lives of other people. We've got to be investing that, dropping that into their soil because eventually that seed's going to grow and it's going to, it's going to flourish in in a particular environment, we want to make sure that where it grows, it continues to multiply and, and and replicate. Whether if it's their faith in Jesus or the way in which they coach, the way in which they parent, um, you name it. 
So you, in, in the coaching world, we need to have those people in our lives that are mentoring us. We need to have those people in our lives that are walking with us, that are encouraging us. We need to have those people that we are walking with and we are mentoring and coaching them. There are people I am so... I would. I don't know how long it would take me, but there are so many people that I have in my life right now that I could sit down and I could begin to name people that are my coaches. People that, people that, um, if 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 they were to say Spencer, you ought to try this. I'm not gonna argue with them. I'm gonna be like, you know what? That's a, that's not a good idea. I think I'm gonna do that. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna apply it. And I think for us, we have to be coachable. We have to have a coachable spirit, coachable mindset to receive that instruction and to make ourselves better and to be better at, at what it is that we do. So we need to have a Paul. We need to have a Barnabas. We need to have a Timothy. We need to have people that are coaching us. We need to have people that are encouraging us. And we need to have people that we ourselves are coaching. So we want to encourage you, spend a little time to think about that. Think who's mentoring you, who's encouraging you, and then who are you pouring into. Yep. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. Hey, thank you guys again. Yep, thank you for listening. Thanks for being a part. Please feel free to share this on Instagram, on your story. Uh, on your posts, anything that you can do. Uh, We certainly appreciate that. Also, you can contact us through Instagram. You can direct message us there, uh, either on my account or Lisa's account or our Court of Three Three account. So, um, anyway, we look forward to hearing from you, Lisa. One more thing. Say thank you to a coach in your life. Oh, yes. Find somebody and say thank you to them. Yes. Hug a coach. Yep. Hug a coach. Tell them you love them and you appreciate what they do. Absolutely. That's a great word to end on. All right. right, You guys have a Merry Christmas. Let's see. Yeah. By the next time. Not many more days. Yeah. Next time we do this, it'll be maybe. It should be Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, depending Uh, on when we record. Yeah, yeah, depending on when we record. So, all right, all right. Good night. Have a great day. We love you. Bye bye.